We good. So, as Aaron said, we're going through the One Another series, and tonight we'll be in Galatians five thirteen through fifteen. Um, and now the Bibles are on the back shelf. Like, can I organize this week? Um, if you guys need them, Galatians five thirteen through fifteen, and we'll be learning about serving one another. And I'll read the passage once we get there. <laughs> we good? Okay. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Let's pray before we start. Dear God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that we have youth group uh, here on Sunday nights. And we have um, a community here uh, to um, have fellowship as Christian believers. And I just pray that. As we learn about serving one another, um, you can be working in all of our hearts um, and be teaching us things uh, through your spirit, and that through this time, uh, we can all learn uh, just how to better love you um, and that we love you more through this time. In your name, amen. So I'm sure many of you know Harry Potter. Uh, It's one of my favorite book series, movie series. Um, you love it, Tim? Yeah. Um, and there's one character in Harry Potter, Dobby, uh, and he's, oh, uh, yep, I know, gets her right in the feels. Um, and he is uh, an elf. Um, and so then, in the world of Harry Potter, uh, in the wizarding world, um, families have these house elves as their uh, slaves, um, and they are bonded to their masters, um, and they have to do everything um, that the family tells them to do. Um, So Dobby is a house elf for the Malfoy family, and the Malfoy family is kind of enemies with Harry Potter. Uh, And so we meet Dobby uh, at the beginning of the Harry Potter series, uh, and Dobby loves Harry Potter, but he's bound to the Malfoy family. Uh, And in the Harry Potter world... Um, there's this rule where if you give your house elf a piece of clothing, that means that they are then free. Um, So there's this one time when Harry tricks Mr. Malfoy into giving Dobby a sock, um, which then makes him free. Um, So Harry gives Mr. Malfoy this diary um, from one of the books, but... um, And Mr. Malfoy doesn't know it's in it, hands it to Dobby unknowingly, And then Dobby opens it, and he sees the sock, and then there's the famous line, Dobby is a free elf. (laughs) Um, And so when Mr. Malfoy sees that Harry tricked him into freeing Dobby, he gets mad, tries to to kill Harry, classic, and then Dobby comes in front of Harry, and he stops Mr. Malfoy from killing him. And throughout the whole series, we see how from the second that Dobby became free, he protected Harry. 
and he helped him, um, and he helped him and his friends, saved his life uh, multiple times, and he even died saving Harry's life later. Well, um, yeah, the moment gets me. Um, and tonight we're talking about serving one another um, and how we should be serving with Dobby's attitude in mind, but instead we're going to be serving, we want to be serving Jesus instead of serving Harry. Uh, and so that leads us to our main point, which is we have been freed to serve by the Spirit. I'll say that again. We have been freed to serve by the Spirit. And we'll be looking at those three key words uh, in that for our main points tonight. So the first one, we are freed. We have freedom in Christ. Second one, we have been freed to serve. We need to serve one another through love. And we have been freed to serve by the Spirit and how we need to be walking in the Spirit. Uh, But to look at what... Paul is saying here in our passage, it's important to look at what the letter to the Galatians um, is about. So Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, and he became aware of a problem where there were false teachers in the church of Galatia teaching people that they could be saved through their works. Um, And they were emphasizing works of the law and how they needed to follow the law in order to uh, be saved. Um, But Paul says... Um, he wants to counter this message, and he even says in earlier in chapter 5, verse 6, if you see, he says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, talking about the law, but only faith working through love. And he's saying how only our faith in Jesus alone can save us, how no work can ever earn our salvation. And Paul wants us to be mindful of this issue um, because it can be very harmful for our spiritual spiritual growth. Uh, And a commentary from uh, Galatians explains uh, this problem of works-based salvation like this. It says, No sinful person has ever been granted eternal life based on works. What is more, everyone who lives by such a confidence in works is cursed because no one can perfectly obey the law. And that's said in chapter 3 of Galatians. Thus, to add works, rituals, or the law to the message of what it takes to become a Christian is to overturn the good news. So Paul's entire letter to the Galatians is to counter this message of works-based salvation and how he wants to assure them of the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that gospel message is that we can only be saved through our faith in Jesus alone. And how that leads us to our main point, how we have been freed, we've been forgiven, we've been freed to serve by the Spirit. And so first we'll focus on our freedom that we have as Christians. So Paul starts out in verse 13, and if you look down with me, he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So our first point is that we have been freed in Christ. We have freedom in Christ, but we don't want to use that freedom to indulge in our sinful fleshly desires. But what does freedom in Christ look like? What does freedom in Christ mean? Um, Paul is explaining in all of chapter 5 what that freedom is um, and what our freedom as Christians is. 
So he's saying that since we are justified by Christ as Christians, since we have already been forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future, from Jesus, that is good news. That is the gospel. But Paul is saying that we can't just stop there in our freedom. We can't just use our freedom to indulge in sinful desires because we have already been forgiven. He's saying that instead we need to serve one another through love, serve one another in love. And even though we know, and a lot of us have heard, um, if you've grown up in church growing up, um, Jesus is the only one that can satisfy you, the only one who can fulfill you. Um, And at the same time, we know that, but at the same time, we don't know that, too. We continue to sin and seek those things that will, in turn, leave us empty and enslaved and not free in the end. Um, But Paul is telling us that we don't want to use our freedom in Jesus, who is all-satisfying, to indulge in those desires that will leave us enslaved and not free. Uh, As I was um, preparing this point, um, I was reminded of a story of when my friend Sarah Rossnagel, a lot of you know her, um, and I, we were probably around five or six, and my family had just moved into the house that we're in now. Um, And my mom had made uh, lemon cookies, famous lemon cookies, so good. And we, or the Rossnagels, so Sarah's family, wanted to come see our new house and my parents to give them a tour. So they came over, Sarah was over, um, and as soon as Sarah's parents and my parents went upstairs... Sarah and I couldn't help ourselves, and we probably had, like, ten cookies each. Um, (laughs) It was a lot. Uh, And, you know, like, we left, like, two on the plate. Like, not too obvious that we, like, ate them all. (laughs) Um, But, uh, so I knew in that moment that having sugar at night or having a lot of sugar will give me a stomach ache. And sure enough, I had a horrible stomach ache after. Uh, I knew that eating all those cookies, 10 plus, was bad. I knew that was disobedient, um, but I did it anyways because I wanted to. And if we look at ourselves, we have our own sinful, fleshly desires um, of things that we want, and we know those things are bad. We know they're disobedient, but we do it anyways. But Paul is warning us against this. Uh, Our fleshly desires, our sinful desires and wants, are an attempt to fulfill an emptiness that we have. Uh, But John Piper explains love as joy in sharing fullness. And he says this. It's a really good quote. When God frees us from guilt and fear and greed and fills us with his all-satisfying presence, the only motive left is the joy of sharing fullness. When God fills the emptiness of our heart with forgiveness and help and guidance and hope, he frees us from the bondage to accumulate things and manipulate people. So my question for you is, what things do you do to attempt to fulfill your 
emptiness? What do you do to satisfy the desires of your flesh? Maybe that looks like um, being obsessed with wanting a boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, Maybe that looks like wanting a bunch of money and being successful um, and having a big house when you're older uh, and lots of friends. Uh, Maybe that looks like watching inappropriate movies or shows. Uh, Maybe it looks like uh, wanting and being obsessed with everyone to love you and um, everyone to accept you. Uh, But Paul is saying, and we see here in this section, that since we have been freed in Christ, we don't have to chase after those things that leave us empty in the end. We can chase after Jesus and use that freedom that we have in him to serve one another instead. We have been freed to serve by the Spirit. That leads us to our second point, which is about how we need to serve one another through love. And verse 14 says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Serving others requires love for them. It requires being in a relationship. Uh, Paul is saying here that if you do not serve one another, you will destroy yourselves. And he says in verse 15, But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And he's saying that we need to serve others and give to them so that we don't destroy each other and are not consumed by one another. And I kind of think of, like, babies eating their birthday cake. You know, they just kind of, you always see those pictures on Facebook, and it's just all over their face, and um, those videos, and they just kind of go at it. They are just destroying the cake, and there's really nothing left uh, that is edible or usable or good about the cake. Um, And we don't want to be people that are not serving others and therefore hindering their growth, and therefore destroying their uh, well-being. We need to be serving them through love. And when you're serving others, you are giving to them. Uh, You're helping their well-being. But when you're not serving others, when you're not loving to them, you are taking away from their well-being. You are destroying their well-being, taking away from their growth. And even last week, uh, Blake asked us uh, to reflect on what ways we are being a stumbling block to others. Or, in other words, in what ways are you taking away opportunities for others' spiritual growth? And we need to devote our lives to service to Jesus, being servants of him, so that we can serve one another in love and not be people who destroy, and bite and devour one another. And Paul even goes as far to say in verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this verse kind of points back to a story in the Gospels where Jesus, where Jesus is asked, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And we can see that in Matthew uh, 22, 34, 34 through 40. And You can turn there or not, but I will read it. So someone asked him, Teacher, which is the great great commandment in the law? And he said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And in that, Jesus tells us to, Jesus tells us to love God and love people. And our aim as Christians is to glorify God through our actions by loving him and loving people by serving one another. And loving your neighbor as yourself looks like wanting your fellow student to get an A just as much as you want to get an A. It looks like wanting and helping your neighbor to get a job just as much as you want and need a job when you're out of work. Uh, It looks like sharing Christ with someone as much as you are glad to know him yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself means using your perseverance, your time, your energy on someone else as you spend on yourself every day without exception. And when you make your love for others as much as you love yourself, other people will see that and they will praise God because of it. And the only way that we can love others well through serving one another is by the Holy Spirit's help. That brings us to our third point. We are free to serve by the Spirit. We need to be walking in the Spirit in order to serve others well. And so we need to remember that as we hear this command, serve one another, it's not just another work of the law, something else that we just need to do, add to our to-do list. Um, But it's something that we need help with. Uh, We can't just serve one another, love one another on our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit's help to strengthen us for God's work. And that's why Paul, immediately after verses 13 through 15, goes on and he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he's giving us the answer to how we do not want to misuse our freedom in Christ, which we talked about in verse 13. He explains, going on, that the desires of the flesh are at war with the desires of the Spirit. And then he lists the desires of the flesh in verses 19 through 21. And he says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, And I have in my notes here, shoot. (laughs) Um, But then he goes on in verses 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So Paul is saying that 
What it looks like to serve one another by the Spirit is by growing in the fruit of the Spirit, by walking with the Spirit. It's serving one another with this fruitfulness and the fruit of the Spirit that we have from the overflow of our hearts. And if you think of a waterfall, um, it's constantly flowing with water. It's constantly going. Um, it always has its source of water that's coming into it. Um, you know, the snow melts from the mountains and it comes down, and it's always filling up. Uh, it always fills up the lake, the stream, the river that it's going into. So relating waterfalls to this passage, we also need to constantly be serving others by filling them up. And we need the Holy Spirit's help to do that, when we are constantly pouring into others, the Holy Spirit will continue to fill our cup and overflow our cup with the fruit of the Spirit and with love and guidance and peace as we do that, so that we can constantly be pouring into others and we will continue to be overflowed. Being filled with the fruit of the Spirit will equip you for His service. And you may be looking at some of these fruits of the Spirit uh, that He talks about in. Uh, 22 and 23 um and you might be like yeah i'm pretty loving like i'd say i love on people well uh, i'm pretty patient with others i'm kind but i'm here to tell you you can always be more loving you can always be more joyful you can always be growing in self-control and gentleness uh, and i urge you to think about those desires of the flesh that Paul mentions in 19 through 21. Uh, and take a second to really think, really reflect in your heart. Be honest with yourself. What things that you need to work on. And you can be asking the Holy Spirit to come into those sinful fleshly desires that we have. And ask the Holy Spirit to replace those with Jesus. So, like, if you struggle with sexual immorality or impurity, ask Jesus to become your purity. If you struggle with uh, the sin of worrying, which Blake also talked about last week, ask Jesus to become your peace. If you struggle with jealousy, ask Jesus to become your contentment. Ask the Spirit's help in those fleshly desires that we have. And the thing is that if you call yourself a Christian, that means that you have the Holy Spirit's fruit in you. You know and can be assured in that fact that the Holy Spirit bears fruit in you. And you are filled with his power. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in you if you are a Christian. And you can use that power from the Holy Spirit to serve one another. So my question for you tonight is, are you desiring to grow in the fruit of the Spirit? Are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? And we can see our growth as Christians closer to Jesus. We can see our growth through the fruit of the Spirit. And if we are growing in those. So ask yourself, am I more patient than I was a year ago? 
Am I more loving than I was six months ago? Am I, do I have more self-control than I did a few months ago? And serving one another has to come through love for one another. It has to come for a sincere care and consideration for others. And we need the Holy Spirit's help in that to strengthen us for that service. And that's why Paul says in verse 13, serve one another through love. So as we've considered these words from Galatians 5 tonight, uh, we have seen how freedom, we have freedom in Christ to serve one another by the Spirit. But why do we need to serve one another? Uh, You might be asking yourself, why is it important for me to consider someone else's well-being? It's easier for me to uh, just come here to youth group and play the games and sing the songs and um, sit here and listen to the sermon. But why is it important to serve one another by the Spirit? And the reason for being empowered by the Holy Spirit, the reason that we need to live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, the reason for serving one another is because it has already been done for us. Jesus was the greatest servant of all time. He is the perfect example of what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself. The perfect example of what it looks like to put others' needs before yours. He's the perfect example of what it looks like to serve one another. So tonight we have seen how Jesus has forgiven us and given us that freedom to live, but we don't want to use that freedom to indulge in our sinful desires. We want to use that freedom to serve one another instead. We need to be walking in the Spirit in order to be strengthened for His service. And these things show us that as Christians, we have been freed to serve by the Spirit. And this should ultimately be for all the glory to go to Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for these words that we have heard tonight. Um, They're your words, and I just pray that that everyone tonight has learned uh, more about what it looks like to serve one another. And I pray that we can be seeking you and your help Uh, for everything that we do, um, that we wouldn't try and do things from our own efforts, from our own strength, because we can't do it without you. Uh, I pray that we can just be running to you in everything, uh, that we would know that in the good and in the bad that it comes from you uh, and that you ultimately work for our good. I pray that as we go out and we serve one another and we serve you, that you would help us to uh, turn all the glory and praise back to you, uh, that we would not uh, want the glory to go to ourselves, but that we would um, desire to love you more and to point others towards you. I thank you for the freedom that you have given us to do that, and I pray that you would give us joy as we go out and serve you by serving others. In your name, amen.